This is Restless. Welcome back to Restless, a podcast about the young, restless, and reformed. And I hope this week also a video show for those watching on YouTube. Pastor Michael, our video right now, I don't exactly know what people will be able to see, but I hope they can see this beautiful YouTube channel I'm looking at with 183 subscribers. Soon to be at 200 when we will do some giveaways. We're going to give 17 a away. Set. We need 17 of you who are listening to this and not watching it to go and subscribe to the YouTube channel because then we can actually do what we've been saying for like a month or more that we're going to do once yes. we hit 200. <laughs> and Pastor Michael is going to share our YouTube channel to his Twitter to help us. Help us I'm, hit that goal. I'm going to do it right now, even as we speak. So you're going to watch, if you're watching this video, you are watching me share this to Twitter. That's right. Now we, while we do want to hit our subscriber goal, actually the main reason we are attempting to do a video show isn't because of primarily to do a hokey, uh, like, come on, subscribe to YouTube call out, but because as we have done a number of reactions to Pastor Mark Driscoll over time, we have been asked a number of times what it might look like as we react live to things Mark Driscoll says. And so we thought, well, let's test. Let's test out our video. Let's see if we can let those interested watch us react to Pastor Mark Driscoll. Now, as we all know, this he was a big is a big YRR guy, and Pastor Michael, it's pretty clear he's making a comeback. Oh, he's coming back. He's everywhere. What is incredible is he did a lot of this stuff before, right? Like he had some of these things going out there, some of these interviews and podcasts and all of that. But it really seems like the rise and fall of Mars Hill when that really kind of reached its climax. Mark Driscoll was like perfect opportunity and he started to push out content like no other. Like it just, it's amazing. It's amazing. They foolishly perhaps at Christianity today thought his story was done when they began to tell that story. We are in clearly an act two. Now we are going to react to a clip that also actually we are reacting to a clip that serves as a promo for two things on our Patreon. That's actually what this is all about promoting our Patreon. And it's two things. One right now, if you go and join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month, one, you'll be entered again to win a restless gift basket when we hit 200 subscribers on YouTube. And two, there are two kinds of Patreon audio you get to enjoy. One, us reacting to some of that Mark Driscoll uh, content he's been pushing out into the world, his sermon rants. But two, there is a uh, a thing we do for the patrons that we don't do here on the main feed because it's not very related to the main point of the show, but we and our patrons great and do, in, greatly enjoy it. And it is called Conspiracy Corner. Pastor Michael, can you give people just the idea, what what is the conspiracy corner? Well, like most young men in our day, we like talking about conspiracy theories. And so every once in a while, for our patrons, we do that. We talk about different conspiracies, um, different 
um, things that are, you know, out there. We talked about ancient aliens or not ancient aliens, uh, ancient apocalypse on uh, Netflix. We've talked about uh, aliens. We've talked about drug use, um, psychedelics uh, and things like that. So so we've had a lot of fun. I don't know if I'm forgetting any of them, no, but no. that's a that's a that's a great way to do it. And we were shocked to find that there was a perfect coming together of conspiracy corner and reacting to pastor mark driscoll when this week he put out a video called are aliens real now i am so happy this is a video show though there are going to be audio listeners pastor michael bowman describe to us what we what we're looking at with this video here so it's pastor mark in evidently that like uh you know, uh, subliminal matrix space, you know, in the matrix, when uh, Neo goes into the simulation and they pick out guns and they start to fight, um, that's, that's what's going on right now, right? It's just this completely white room. And here is, is Mark Driscoll sitting on a chair, ready to explain to us all about aliens. He's got a um, clipboard, which is interesting. That is interesting. I did not notice that. Wait, good observation skills, Matt. It is it is a completely white room. I I I wonder uh if he may have borrowed the studio that TGC shot their uh good faith debates in. Um I don't know why we're doing the completely white room space. But this is as I thought about this this environment he's in compared to the good faith debates. Once again, Mark Driscoll knowing how to speak to normal people isn't doing questions on what should the church's response to climate change be. He put out a video called are aliens real, <laughs> which is a lot more likely to communicate to the majority of Americans who until like two weeks ago, were drinking Bud Light, right? This is the kind of thing they are discussing and interest and actually probably are interested in a Christian, a Christian's answer to. Pastor Michael, do, do you agree with me that he, again, seems to have, for better or worse, a better, like, a better grasp on where to communicate and how to communicate? Yeah, obviously, right? Driscoll, Driscoll does have a better, uh, you know, finger on the pulse of the culture, without a doubt, um, and just like the average person in a lot of ways. Um, I, one of the things I was noticing, by the way, is I don't remember for sure, but when I look at his subscriber count, I think it's way up. Mm -hmm. Just as we've been watching the sermon rant clips, yeah. um, I think his subscriber numbers are way up. I could be wrong. I'm not sure how to check that, but um, I think that they're they're significantly up from one of you know more recently when we've been doing those. Um, but either way, I mean, he's got almost a hundred thousand subscribers. That's pretty wild um right. at this point so no he definitely does have a much better sense of what the average person will be interested in um, when you think about like a tgc debates climate change you think wow there's probably like a hundred more elite city folk that are like really like yep let's take a look at this and then a lot more people that are just looking to um make fun of it <laughs> It's going to be or a tough like one to get through. It? It's going to be a it's tough one be, to get through. It's going to be hard. It's going to be very hard to get through, but we'll do it. We will do it if you guys all go and subscribe to the YouTube so we can finally do it. 
the real road is to a hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube to uh, to keep match with Mark Driscoll, so we can finally get that interview. So if we cannot get to two hundred, the ch- the chances of us getting there are almost nothing. That's true, but because this is a nine and a half minute video, and of course by the end we'll have to have Pastor Michael's answer to "Are aliens real?" We better start this video. Mark here. Little experiment for uh, you folks at YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to do a series of rants about the news and stuff that's true. All right. So here we go. Mark Driscoll is going to do it. He's going to jump into (laughs) Plundering Tree. I've been calling this for a year. He's going to do rants about the news. He's going to do it. I mean, it fits, right? It fits his personality for sure. And it fits. I mean, think about the interviews that he's been doing lately. Think. Of, I mean, we reacted a while ago within the last couple of years to him um, interviewing or for, from Stephen Crowder interviewing him or what, yep. one of the, you know, it was one of those two things. He sat down with Stephen Crowder to talk with him. Um, he's definitely had several other um, somewhat, you know, well-known political pundits on the right um, sit down with him. Recently, I sent Matt a video. I saw that um, there's a video where uh, Driscoll is talking with Steve Dace, you know, yeah. noted conservative pundit. Um, and so, I, you know, I'm really intrigued by this as well. But it is true. Matt has been calling this for a while um, yes. that that is the direction that Driscoll's heading. So well done. Pastor, Cheers Pastor to Mark, you, sir. Thank you. Pastor Mark, please step down from pastoral ministry and go straight into this and I, I, it will be interesting to know how that changes my relationship with you if you, if you make that move. But now we are going to, we are going to watch some rants about the news. What's in the news? Drive me a little bit crazy. Here's the first one. Baffled pilots say Lake Huron octagonal UFO is not a balloon in cockpit audio. Apparently, recently, things are flying over the United States of America. We're not sure what they are. Uh, people have been asking the president, uh, but he probably doesn't know what day it is, let alone what's overhead. And so, Dude, so we're going to do the news. We're going to do the news <laughs> as a pastor with a few random sick burns on the <laughs> president along. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Pastor Michael, uh, true or false, you've heard more reports about these kinds of sky objects that uh, people don't know there are. there have not been. Uh, any accounts of what they are? Is that is that uh, something in your experience as well? Oh, I mean, definitely true over the last you know few years that that seems more and more common. Yeah, if anything, he's late to the game on this, right? So then the question is, what the heck is floating over the United States of America? Some of the things that are floating are obviously balloons. They're being shot down. They're being investigated. But there are certain things that are causing people to wonder, is this extraterrestrial? Are we getting visited from another planet? Uh, There's a discussion uh, between F-16 pilots over what they saw on one occasion, and uh, this was over Lake Huron, and they said it was an octagonal structure. They're having this conversation back and forth, trying to figure out what is this, and should we shoot it down? Um, And it's really interesting to listen to their conversation. Uh, They're saying that it is uh, smaller than than a car. Some are saying uh, that it was the size of a four-wheeler. And sometimes, too, when these things happen, and even when the the fighter pilots engage, 
um, whatever is in the air is not something recognizable. And sometimes it seems to defy even the laws of gravity, meaning it doesn't have a propulsion system, it's floating. Sometimes it can turn in a way that our technology does not allow or afford. Sometimes it can flee at a speed uh, that we are incapable of. And the question is, what is so it? Maybe he'll get and back to here. But if you, Pastor Mark, if you really want to join the conspiracy corner, you we have to take ourselves a step back because it sounds to me like Pastor Mark Driscoll is taking the testimony of these fighter pilots at face value. <laughs> right. You, should he at all? Yeah. Come on, and, Mark. You're in. You are in the Southwest. You know better. Right, you. <laughs> right. Well, and should I why should I take this testimony at face value? And then two, why are they telling us this? Why yeah. are they just yeah, publish that sucker right out there? Like what our F-16s are doing over Lake Huron and their uh, and their calls over it. That is so this was, I mean, my understanding is that he's talking about the reports specifically that were um around the time of the Chinese spy balloon that passed over the whole United States that <laughs> passed over everything before it was shot down. Um, right outside, by the way, there was a PCA pastor that evidently from his house could see the balloon as it got shot down. It was giving live Twitter updates. So that was kind of cool. Shout out to uh, whoever that PCA pastor was, because I do not actually remember his name. Um, but anyway, I, it, it was right around then that all of a sudden there were all these extra reports. What there's something else over here. There's another thing over here that maybe there's another balloon. And, and um, it did seem like all of a sudden there was a, a filling up of the, a filling up of the news so that there maybe wasn't as much focus on say the one spy balloon that was bringing a lot of criticism uh, to the government. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden it was, well, what about all these other, what if maybe there's aliens, maybe there's something else. So um we'll see though i don't know I, we'll wait and see because i bet i bet driscoll pull some of that out also i'm calling it yeah. now 100 he will say that aliens are demons 100 that is where it's gonna go yeah. um i have no doubt so it looks like your timing is right because the weird octo octagonal shape over like Huron. this person in newsweek and again obviously i'm not going to listen to their explanation uh because there's no reason to give it any more credibility uh, was in February. So that is around that time when when those things were happening. So I just want to check uh, that date because obviously there are reports of these kinds of things over the last few years, somewhat regularly. Yeah, all over the place for sure. Yeah. And uh, let me say it's one of five things. Wow. All right. Number so we one. have a five thing uh, heuristic to put all unexplained sightings into. So here we go. Uh, these things that are being reported that are uh, unable to be accounted for, it may just be a lie or a hoax. And the truth is, we live in a day when there's a lot of untruth. Uh, Russiagate, honest politicians. Um, Fake news. Oprah Winfrey oh, man. losing Dude. weight. <laughs> so so he is getting to. He, he, Oprah he, Winfrey he, losing weight. Did you <laughs> He's he's he is graduating to be a full member of conspiracy <laughs> corner because his first thing is a lie or a hoax like Russia Gate, which is which is great. I'm sure the people at the Blaze are watching this this uh, audition tape and are impressed. So, <laughs> good. That's what this is, right? I mean, look with the white background. This, this is an Have, audition tape for the Blaze. I, 
we can produce this in-house. I can make a regular show. This is the Blaze just lost Steven Crowder. They need someone else, right? Like they need somebody with that same energy. And there's clearly a bit of uh, similarity between the two men. All of which is just not true. And, uh, and it's just fake news. And those kind of things happen all the time. So maybe it's just fake news and it's a lie and a hoax. Number two, maybe it's just misinterpreted data. Uh, which of us hasn't experienced something and then misinterpreted the data come to the wrong conclusion? So they may be seeing something, but the way they're interpreting the data may be inaccurate. By the way, boo to that three, answer because it's just not interesting. That that is that does not belong in conspiracy corner. The trick of the sun is not is not what we're here for. <laughs> Maybe it's man-made. Maybe it's a large drone. Maybe it's some other craft that's created by human beings or being beta tested by the military. Okay, uh, so number four. This, uh, am I right to just say like Occam's razor? That's what all of this is until someone explains to me why it's not. Because my answer used to would have been things like, well, there's no way like are the uh the airspace in America is so unregulated and guarded that like this kind of thing could just happen. And then like a slow weather balloon floated across <laughs> the entire country. <laughs> That's so true. Right. I, you know, I haven't maybe thought about it in those terms. I, so I think there's some truth to that. Right. And, and this is the typical, I mean, you hear this all the time, right? Well, we don't even know what they're building right now. I mean, think about the technology we know. Of. What about all the things we don't know of? And there's got to be some truth, right? Somebody's developing things that we don't know about. Some government somewhere is maybe developing things. I also think that we have too high a view of oh, our abilities. I think that part of the... Uh, yeah, I agree that there is this like, well, it's always can be explainable through some technology we don't know about existing. Yeah, like a human, like there is a human intellect behind it all, guaranteed. It's like that. It has to be that like probably, probably, you know, at least a lot of the time that could be, which interestingly. So, you know, if you are into certain conspiracy things like I kind of am. I'm not really like I go down little rabbit holes now and then I enjoy talking about these things, but I'm definitely not like a, I don't so think you would call corner. me. It's not a, full, right. it's not all of your life. There's a little corner where these <laughs> sit and there's a little work. side table and I've yeah. got a couple of books. Uh, but if you've ever read, there's a, an interesting book by um, Annie Jacobs, who uh, you'll see interviewed quite a bit on Joe Rogan. I mean, I can't remember the exact name. It's something like, you know, Area 51, UFOs, and something else. All of her books are titled like four things, you know, here's these four things. Um, and it was an interesting book because basically her answer for the UFO phenomenon was, you know, uh, that she had this kind of claim to fame that she got this secret interview with, a, you know, a soon to die Air Force general or something like that who after he died, she published this book. And so obviously, who knows if any of this is true. Um, but she swears that like what he confided to her was that the original like UFO sites were real. Um, they were uh, they were actually, and it was all during the Cold War. 
and these were actual crafts designed by the the USSR and including they had um, actually worked to genetically manipulate people in such a way that they just did not grow to full size and so they could fit into these really small um, cylindrical crafts and that's that's what people found and that's what the United States government found this is what so I don't know if that's true and I could be misquoting that's what I remember from the book it's been a number of years since I read it um, but that's what I remember from it. And so there's that answer, right? Hey, it actually is just something that we're not aware of yet because there are lots of technologies that I see and I'm like, how did we even do that? Right. You know, like that's an incredible feat. And if you took a lot of things, if you take a smartphone back, if you take like a modern smartphone with all of the apps and all of the access and everything that it has right now to you and me in high school, we would be like, you got to be kidding me. You can do all of that. You were starting to see some things where it was like, cool. You know, you were starting, like the iPhone was just about to come out or it was starting to come out. And it was like, hey, that, like, that's cool. But it, it can do a handful of things. It's not anything like what it has become. Right. Part of the, part of the, again, there, there is a lot. This is, this is the Occam's razor answer. Now, again, for some people, this is this is uh, motivated by a pure materialism that man can just do all things right. It's also the most it's a comfortable answer. Um, yep. Again, the the issue always for me is then wh- why am I being told this? <laughs> I don't, right. Why am I being t- all of these questions? I'm always left asking, why am I being told this for for any normies out there? Right. Uh maybe any kind of conspiracy is just automatically ruled out for you. And that's understandable because a lot of them are crazy and they're made up by crazy people. That's true. Um, But if you just like listen to the nightly news and just accept whatever it says, like if you're watching television news and you think that what they're telling you is just true, like they're just sharing what they believe to be true and that it is not intended to get you to think something i just i don't know what to tell you except that you you need to wake up i you know like you need a little bit of a red pill uh, it it is all propaganda it really okay. is all propaganda flip this video uh some are wondering could it be aliens could we be getting visits from other planets and uh it's possible For those of us who are Bible-believing Christians, uh, the Bible doesn't really tell us much about other potential uh, galaxies or realities. What we know is, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the storyline of the Bible very quickly focuses in on the earth and human life on the earth. It doesn't tell us much beyond that, other than God is the creator of the heavens above and, uh, and all beyond it. And so if there is alien life, if there are other beings, um, the question is, well, did they sin? Uh, when human beings sin, did our sin infect and affect all creation, meaning extending into their reality or parallel universe? As a result of our sin, uh, do they have death? Uh, do they experience the effects of the fall and the curse? 
If that's the case, uh, did Jesus visit their realm and die for those beings and rise to forgive their sin, or were they covered under the cross and the resurrection of Jesus? In our realm, it raises a whole infinite Pastor Michael, number Yede of nuance the possibility of extraterrestrial life lays uh causes a nearly infinite number of questions for the bible <laughs> in the Christian world um i don't know about that i guess it i don't know about an infinite number of questions it does just it it just does put you into pure speculation right um if you want really enjoyable speculation by the way uh, and that is helpful for you as well. You should go read the Ransom Trilogy by C.S. Lewis. Um, highly, highly recommend. Um, but it does just, like, you just start going down a road of speculation that just seems far beyond um, what, what should be. Um, I tend to think, by the way, that no, um, there's not other, other beings on other planets um, or anything like that. Also, um, Anyway, well, we can maybe get more into cosmology later, but I, I just, I tend to think that there's no reason to believe that. Give me reason and maybe I'd believe it, but I just don't think that there is any reason. Man, I'm trying to remember this book. It wasn't written by a Christian, but it was a book about um, aliens, right? And like, we'll say humanoid life. And they uh, heard biblical teaching about who Jesus is. And they wanted to become followers of it. And it's so it's just written about like it's trying to like write it into it in as like it's a fictional book, but obviously, but it's like written as like this kind of conundrum and the people interacting with them. It was really interesting. I wish I remembered its title, uh, but I don't. I think also again there's some of that. Um, what's his name? The the guy who wrote um uh Fahrenheit 451, Ray Bradbury. He has some interesting stories uh that I believe short stories that deal with uh deal with things like that actually sure. so he has an interesting one where he he spent you know writes in this story uh, that you know somebody shows up to uh, another planet i believe shows up to mars and there are these other you know beings and they're like i could be wrong by the way maybe this isn't ray bradbury i'm pretty positive it is i'm i'm just not positive about any of my authors today and uh what they wrote but uh pretty sure it is where he sh it's somebody like the an astronaut shows up to mars or to another planet just after the savior of that world has come and now he's gone and just like just missed him <laughs> and so it's really interesting it's an interesting story um recommend bradbury by the way um for some of these interesting uh extraterrestrial stories as well but yeah so i think that uh i also think it is always interesting um, I think the book, I think the book is called the book of strange new things. I think that's what it's called. Uh, if you, I love that neither of us can remember things, exact things about the books we're trying to remember. Yeah. But anyways, um, I, again, I think the other thing that all of these questions assume is that if we ever discovered life outside of our planet, we are assuming that it's conscious humanoid life. Right. Like that. It's not, you know, like it's just such it, it, it again, you have to make many assumptions for any of these questions to even be relevant to us. And the Bible, quite frankly, is silent 
What it could be, however, when we have these sightings, and maybe part of the reason why the government is reticent to uh, give us is the government is maybe... reticent to give us answers? Because we, um, we get taught, we get told about this stuff fairly frequently. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so reticent to give full-fledged answers, I think, almost undoubtedly. Um, not reticent to share little bits and pieces, stories, um, little bits of things that people then are intrigued by and focus on and literally change news cycles overnight, hmm. for instance. <laughs> Sounds like if we were in conspiracy corner, we might have a theory as to why certain <laughs> times we get reports on these kinds of things. How come every time things seem like they're not going well, we hear more about aliens? What, why does this keep happening? All right, let's let's hear why we really why they're really reticent to share from Pastor Mark Driscoll. Be their scientists don't have what we would consider a credible answer. And uh, it may be visitation not from um, just another galaxy, but maybe from another realm. And so the Bible talks about not just um, physical places, but physical and spiritual places. Um, there's a really great scholar who passed away tragically this week, Dr. Michael Heiser, who wrote an entire book called The Unseen Realm. It's a, it's a first-rate uh, study of scripture, and in it, He's saying that uh, there are two realms that form one reality. There's the world that we see and the world that we don't. There's the physical world and there is the spiritual world. And you and I were built to live between these two realms. Uh, that's why we have a physical body and we have a spiritual soul. All right. So and we, I, Pastor Michael's about to be proved right about his, his uh, hypothesis about what aliens are from Mark Driscoll. Uh, let's just go ahead and take a moment to appreciate the fact that we are not listening to anyone discussing what the Christian response to global warming. <laughs> just, just take a moment and compare, compare. This is so much more interesting and fun. And also, by the way, like uh, if you go to the restlesspodcast.com and you go to uh, the, the tab of recommended reading and you look at Matt and Michael's top five books, you will find under my top five books, one unseen realm by Dr. Michael Heiser. And I, I'll have to admit to everyone, I have not read this book that has it's been good. If, if you read it, you would have really good critiques of it, right? So it's not great. There are a lot of people that read this book and go crazy. And I did not have that experience probably because I was in like a solid confessional place already. Like I, I was just already grounded in some ways. Yeah. And I think when you come at it from already having a pretty solid grounding in a biblical understanding, confessional understanding, which Dr. Michael Heiser did not like, he did not like the idea of confessions and creeds, right? He had a whole podcast, which I listened to a lot, by the way. And I, I really did appreciate a lot of, a lot of things from Heiser. Um, so this is in no way me trying to, uh, you know, uh, trample on him now that he's gone. Um, this is just, a, you know, general critique he had a whole podcast called the Naked Bible Podcast, where his whole point was we should just read the Bible as is without all these confessions and creeds and, and theological concepts blocking us from actually understanding it, which I think is wrong because I think that at least a, a true summary and uh, you know grounding in 
biblical theology actually gives you a better lens and categories to understand the scriptures rather than just going off into crazy speculation. So there are a lot of people that have read his book and literally just gone way off the deep end, gone like just wild with it. And there are some really good critiques out there. However, what I think is good about it specifically for a reformed confessional person is it helps bring a more supernatural worldview that I think sometimes can get lost in a more rationalistic tradition. Um, and so anyway, I, I think it's really great. Um, I found it really helpful. I give a, maybe I give, give a uh, partial warning that maybe it's not for everyone, but I love that we're sitting here listening to Driscoll talk about aliens and Heiser's book. Heiser, by the way, has a lot of great content online still of him interacting with some of the alien hypotheses, a lot of the stuff from the ancient aliens show. Um, he has a lot of great conspiracy corner stuff because he was really interested in this. And Michael Heiser was one of the few biblical scholars, one of the things that I had such great respect for him on, um, one of the few biblical scholars that was a regular, not just attender, but presenter at like alien and UFO conferences in places like Roswell and other places. Wow. He was actively engaged in that world and in that community. And I love whenever a scholar, especially a biblical scholar, is not just like, well, I do Isaiah. And that's like, that's it. I love when it's like, hey, no, you're actually more broad in your understanding of things, because I think it actually helps. I think it helps your scholarly abilities when you're not so, so focused and specialized. But anyway, that was a bit of a rant. Uh, oh. But love, love what we're looking at right here. We yeah we we hope uh, the loved ones of uh, we're sorry for the loss for any of the loved Seriously, ones. Seriously, it really is a big loss because he really was um, a really important thinker. I think in a lot of ways. If if you were uh, are one of those people and you can self awarely recognize you might be one of those people who's gone a little bit crazy, why don't you just go touch some grass and do something normal a little bit? But what Driscoll has summarized from this book is a helpful thing to understand. The idea yep. of humans as those who are made to live in two kinds of realms. So, yeah. As a result, uh, these two realms coexisted. For example, in the book of Genesis, there was Eden, which means paradise or garden of delight. And there God would meet with human beings, but divine beings were there as well. This explains why when uh, Satan showed up like a serpent, Adam and Eve were not shocked and astounded. It seemed very normal because this is where the beings from the seen and the unseen realm, the human beings and the divine beings, they would gather together at a connection point between the realms. It also explains why when our first parents sinned against God, there was a cherub angel sent outside to guard that realm. Otherwise we would have lived forever apart from God in sin. That yeah, being we're not said, doing the, we're not doing the tidiest of... biblical uh, exegesis on these <laughs> things, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. In the Bible, when these realms come together, um, in the Old Testament, there's a place uh, that is called uh, the gateway of God. And it's where the angels ascend and descend on a ladder. And it's the connecting point between the seen and the unseen realms. 
Uh, this happens, for example, in Isaiah 6, where Isaiah sees the Lord high and exalted. He's in the seen realm of the physical, and he gets to peer into the unseen realm of the spiritual. Same thing happens for John in the book of Revelation. He says he was taken in the spirit before uh, the presence of Jesus in the unseen realm, ruling and reigning from his throne. And so the Bible does reveal these moments that heaven and earth, the seen and the unseen, the natural and the supernatural, yeah, uh, okay. They so intersect. I'm like here. Here's my I'm like 50% here and I'm 50% uh so the 50% yes <laughs> is very clearly Isaiah John there are moments where they see heaven. They see the world from God's point of view. They see these are apocalyptic visions. Um there are visions, right? The dream Jacob has seeing uh angels descending and ascending uh from heaven to earth. Uh, the part that I am pretty eh on is that there are like locative places where these where these things are right or happen. Well, um, in the Old Testament, I mean, in a sense, you do have that right because multiple of the ones he mentions specifically in the Old Testament have to do with uh, places where uh, you know. I guess it's not true of Jacob's letter, but specifically with Isaiah, right? I mean, he's in the temple, right? So. Sure. Um, so in that sense, yeah, there, right. there is, but to just, to just do a broad sweep of those is if they're all the same and that, and my assumption maybe at this point, knowing the charismatic side of Driscoll, and especially as he's pushed into that, uh, more lately, um, over the last few years, it seems like as we've reacted to him, we've seen more of that. It seems to me like he would then take that as a broad generalization, right? Like that 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 is then something that's just a normative thing. Whereas actually there, there is a shift from a, a specific locations um, where this is done more um, from Old Testament to New Testament. Jesus talks about this, by the way, uh, right? Where worship or how worship is to be done. Um, where, where is it that we uh, come to a heavenly Mount Zion, right? Where is it that we come into the presence of innumerable angels? Um, it's not a particular location, like you're saying. Um, it is. It is actually just through the the gathering for the 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 worship of the church. But it's not locative, right? It's not. Uh, it's not a well, specific place. Even, even in the temple, and again, you're probably right about why the importance of this being normative is about to is about to drop for all of us. Um, even at the temple, every time I showed up, the sacrifices weren't consumed by a fire yes. from heaven. It's true, right? Like, That's right. It was not in, the normal. Yeah, I didn't go in and have a vision of heaven. Yep. Right there, what the unseen realm at the temple is the place where God's presence dwelt in a special way yes. that is now distributed in His people. In the Holy Catholic Church, shout out to the Apostles' Creed uh, series we're doing. But it was still not uh, normatively visible yeah. the way that it, uh, it, it was sometimes. Um, yep. And obviously, as a demonstration of God's presence, it was there were miraculous signs. But again, why would we then? Of course, that is why we would expect miraculous signs in the New Testament that the church possesses the presence of God, e.g. the outpouring of the Spirit at Pentecost and on the Gentiles, on the Samaritans, um, and then on those at the ends of the earth. So here we go. 
And so what you may have with some of these sightings is uh, definitely beings, but not human beings, and perhaps visitations not from other galaxies, but from that other realm. And so what you could be dealing with here is uh, either angelic or demonic. It's either an angel that loves and serves the Lord, appears in some form or fashion, or a demon that does not love and serve the Lord, but is from the unseen realm, is making a cameo appearance in the seen realm. And if what we're seeing is in fact visitation from the unseen realm, it could be an indication that we're moving oh, man. the Here last we days. go. Mark wow. Driscoll, the king of conspiracy corner. You're going with the last signs of the last days. He's going to take them, though. This is the thing. Um, when you think about like the popular, um, you know, charismatic ish, evangelical ish, uh, like moves in the church, especially those that are really interested in a particular kind of right wing politics right now. There's a whole lot of them who are big dispensationalists. And to get in there of like, yep, maybe this is the very last days, you're going to start sucking in some of those people, you know, like you're just going to start getting some of them. So um, what was what was Mark Driscoll's eschatology? Uh, I think he was like, uh, I think he would have been fairly. Uh, do I have his book sitting here? There's his old doctrine book that they ripped off parts of i don't have it sitting close to me um i'll have to look it up but he was also like uh don't make it your you know like a yeah don't that's what i would assume right like a oh who really you know jesus is coming back who cares when you know that sort of thing until uh, the ufos start appearing now, yeah <laughs> now we get a clear idea now it's the time it's i mean honestly it's it is um on just like a you know christian punditry level it's probably a pretty smart move. I, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm just saying that it might be a, a somewhat uh, clever move. I'm going to read a section from Isaiah after we after we do this. I mean, of Jeremiah, but after we get more on this stuff. That human history is coming to that collision point uh, between good and evil, between God and Satan, between the angelic and the demonic, and between the seen and the unseen realms. And as we get closer to the last days, the Bible seems to indicate uh, that there will be increasing revelation to those of us who live on the earth of what is going on behind the scenes. Like uh, Paul says in Ephesians, our war isn't against flesh and blood, but powers, principalities, and spirits. In addition to what we see, there's a lot that we don't New see. Driscoll. And lame. Like what is <laughs> this is just this is just it is lame. Where, you just jump right over that. The scripture says that these things are going to be more and more visible as we get close to the last days and just jump right over that. And then he then he quoted, well, his his proof text was Paul saying our our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities in the heavenly places, which was Paul's struggle, which was current to the ancient church's struggle. <laughs> 2000 years ago. <laughs> and if there's and if there was actually ever a time of incredibly obvious and increased visible demonic activity, it was in Christ's lifetime when yep. he bound the strong man, when he defeated Satan on the cross. Yes. That's when it was the most pronounced. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is uh this is just this is just slipshod. This is lame. Like if Driscoll, if you were gonna go to the blaze and do this stuff, 
don't do don't do the thing I can listen to them all already do, like make pretty poor biblical takes on everything. You see this all the time. Matt and I always bemoan this. If you watch certain, you know, right wing YouTubers or or things like that, you'll see guys come on or interviews with guys who are like they're just they're just political pundits. And then they'll start talking about, well, yeah, here's here's what I think about the book of Revelation right. and what it says about when Christ will return and stuff. And it is cringy. It's so yeah. cringy to watch and yeah. to listen to and to just think, man, it's none of these guys have any idea what they're talking about. Um, and they have the platform to say whatever they want. <laughs> you know, it's brutal. Right. I don't have any idea what to do about Chinese spy balloons, so I'm not going to talk about that. But I do have a I do know about the biblical revelation of the unseen realm, obviously not the book itself, TM, Michael Heiser. I know about what I know things about what the Bible says about it. And I will talk about those things. And the actual service Driscoll could do and would make what would make him interesting would be attempting to do that. Yeah. Not this like because, again, think of all the horrible uses of verses by right-wing public right-wing pundits that are just right. like yeah no that's horrible right the yep. this we need to be a city on a hill right. erica you know like yeah so please don't <laughs> please don't is being uh, cited and being reported um is not rightly interpreted that would make sense because the scientific community oftentimes does not know what to do with the spiritual, the supernatural, or the paranormal. They don't understand the demonic. They don't understand the Holy Spirit. And even the DSM, the Diagnostic uh, Statistical Manual for Mental Disorders, it mentions the soul zero times because science can only deal with the physical. It doesn't acknowledge the soul or the spirit. And it would make sense if what we're getting uh, revealed to us uh, would be a visitor or visitors from the unseen realm that would make sense why they don't look like anything in our universe this would make sense why sometimes they uh, defy our laws of gravity All right, so quick stop here um let me give you the real conspiracy corner that's the like lame scientists don't know what to do with aliens answer the real answer the real conspiracy cor corner is or their demon or the people calling these things if you want to go the spiritual answer is they're involved in the worship of dem the demonic, right? And also, because... a very possible real option. I, I, um, but again, the the idea that they don't look like us, they don't act like us, is actually has no bearing on whether or not those would be demons, right? The idea demons won't look like something you recognize. Yeah, bad, bad Bible not good not not helpful right like because again what you're doing is the real danger here isn't that these aren't some of these things aren't possibly spiritual manifestations of evil right the danger is that you go oh wow think of all those spiritual manifest manifestations of evil they're things that like appear before um before the f-16s that like freak us out and we don't know how to explain and we lose the fact that like the most demonic stuff is probably like the unitarian minister in your town yeah yeah right like the you think about the um central 
places where the devil shows up. And we're even told, right, Peter says that, you know, um, he does uh, appear at times as an angel of light, right? Uh, but the serpent shows up to Adam and Eve and just speaks with them about what God said, right? The devil shows up to Jesus to tempt him and just shows up and starts quoting the Bible. That's what, like, that's what the devil is doing primarily, right? Like twisting truth, uh, twisting what is there. And so, um, and even, you know, when you think about, you know, in what ways are we shown then how to, uh, you know, make war against these things or to fight these things or to tear down these, uh, you know, demonic evils. Um, it's also with, like it's with truth, right? It's with words. It's it's with arguments. It's it is not um, a lot of the hocus pocus type stuff that comes out when you start talking about these things with a certain crowd, right. like maybe desert people in Sedona, Arizona. <laughs> Which is exactly why Paul would need to remind you: our struggle is not against people and flesh That's and blood. That's right. Because yeah. It- you could very easily think I'm debating. I'm prim- primarily trying to win debates with people. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. All right, I I had another thought, but we we'll keep going here. This is why they can turn and pivot in a way that none of our tech. All right, I can't handle it. I can't not share this thought. So if these are the signs of the end times, someone again needs to explain to me. Why would we fight them at all? Why would we be bummed out at all? The answer yeah, that's is that's a good I thought that's the right thing. That's what we want. Jesus is coming back. The God, the the apostles always say, like, that's good news. Yep. Jesus is coming back is good news to God's people. Technology affords, and they can disappear at speeds. Uh, that are unprecedented for our world, and maybe they're even just simply exiting our realm and going back into the unseen realm. If something is spiritual, it can manifest itself as physical. For example, Satan is a... Okay, that hard and fast rule from Scripture, just like that spiritual things have definite physical manifestation (laughs) powers. Um... A fallen angel... A spirit being, but he shows up like a dragon or a serpent in Genesis. Uh, we see this throughout the Old Testament where sometimes angels show up like human beings. That being the case, um, what do you think, and I'd love to hear your comments, uh, do you think in the possibility or probability that these things are real, they're being really experienced, but they're not being rightly interpreted because it's demonic and or angelic rather than from our physical world. Pastor Mark, we are going to drop a link to this YouTube video of us talking about this here in your uh, comments, because you you want to hear what we think. That's what you told me in this video. And so let's, let's end here um, where I think, um, as I've thought about this, and I just had someone read with me a section of Jeremiah that is really, ironically, I think, applicable to this. But Pastor Michael, um, let's let's just straight answer it. In case Pastor Mark Driscoll or his media team is listening, because they're like, wow, someone made an hour-long podcast <laughs> talk about these things. Do you think these things are being correctly observed but wrongly interpreted by those seeing them? 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't like. I just don't. I don't know how any of us would actually be able to know with any kind of definitude. Um, I just can't imagine we could. However, um, I do think that uh, it's very possible that that is what's happening. I just don't. I just don't know how much of this is real. How much of this is totally astroturf? How much of it is complete propaganda? How much of it is? misinterpretation of what you see or understand because of your materialist worldview. I don't know. So as I've thought about this, and you can tell me if you think this is a good response, but this section at in Jeremiah 10, these first few verses really struck me recently about what I think is some of the as paganism, as idolatry becomes the normative practice in our culture, what we as Christians are going to need to learn to do. So here it is starting into, thus says the Lord, learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed by them. For the customs of the peoples are vanity. A tree from the forest is cut down and worked by the axe by the hands of the craftsmen. And so then he goes on to describe the foolishness of idolatry compared to knowing the Lord. And and now I didn't pick this verse because it mentions signs in the heavens. But I was just thinking about how easy and how common it is for Christians today to be dismayed by the things that are dismay that dismay everyone else. The rumors yeah. we hear, these things, these appearances, these worries, the the fact that the U.S. dollar is going to no longer exist, the fact yep. that all of wars, these things, rumors of wars, earthquakes. Yeah, all the things Driscoll is now going to dedicate his YouTube channel to talk about. <laughs> right. And the interesting thing Christians can do is not be ignorant, is not be foolish, but we do not, but that we should not learn from the nations how to react to these things. Hmm. We should not be dismayed because their customs are so foolish they carve idols out of trees yeah yeah so the anxiety all around us and the twitter mobs that form and the the you know um reactions to the nightly news that's just not at all how we are to live that I'm, to me has seems to have more power than than these other things totally totally and you know so i was i somewhat recently uh, preached from uh from second thessalonians um where paul speaks about to the thessalonians uh basically what they're supposed to do um knowing of the the coming judgment of god right knowing about what's going to happen uh, you know, this is in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter one, starting in verse five. It says, "This is the evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be considered worthy." You know, uh, he kind of goes on to talk about God um, repaying the afflictions of those who uh, afflict you, and he says that you know he's coming to grant relief to you who are afflicted as well as to us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord. So he speaks about this, this coming of the Lord Jesus, uh, his final coming to set all things right, his final vengeance, his final judgment, all of this. And 
Paul's application of that is not so look at all these things that are happening, right? Like you got to figure the signs out. You got to figure out when it's going to happen. You got to get your newspaper out, get get your YouTube videos out, try to you know figure out what is this thing over Lake Huron? Is it, oh, maybe this is the sign. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's finally coming. It's, it's nothing like this. He says, no, to this end, we always pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. He literally just says, we're praying that you can live a life that glorifies God all the more, right? Like, like you're just supposed to live a life of virtue in a way that reflects the glory of Jesus Christ. So that, by the way, the logic is that so when the glorious Lord appears, you're not, it's not a shock to you. It's not it's not uh, something that you're afraid of or ashamed when he comes, but rather you are ready because you've already been living in the way that he is going to have you live, right? Like you're already living in a way that reflects him. And so it's not, here it comes, everybody. Is this aliens? Is this demons that tell us that the end is nigh? No, just keep living in a way that glorifies him, right? Love your wife and love your kids and go to church and tithe and serve wherever you can and take care of the widow down the street. And literally that's what you're supposed to do, you know? Amen. Well, this has been the Restless Podcast reacting on screen with video to Pastor Mark Driscoll, I hope. I probably shouldn't make that like an emphatic thing in case it doesn't work out. But Pastor Michael, this has been great. Everyone should subscribe to our YouTube channel if people want us to do more things like this. Do it. We'll do more. And we're going to figure out a good way to actually stream video where it's not just us off to the side. Uh, you know, maybe a better talking head display. We'll figure it out. We're just not there yet. Give us some time. But yeah, subscribe and we can start working on the TGC video. And remember, full preterism is probably demonic. <laughs>